Spalon Montage is the Twin Cities premier salon and spa destination and proud official hair sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. With three convenient locations in Edina, Woodbury, and Chanhassen, there is a Spalon close to you. Visit online at Spalon.com. Yo, what's going on? Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. My name is Gabe Henderson from Vikings.com. And we have a special, special NFL Combine Edition show for you guys today. We have two guests. One, the Minnesota Vikings VP of Football Operations, Demetrius Washington, joins us. Then we have Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus joining our show later today also. So uh, a star-studded cast, some very valuable information And I'm sure you guys, and I hope you guys, enjoy everything that is on tap for today's show. Let's get right to it, right here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast, presented by Pepsi. Well, the Vikings Entertainment Network has made its trip across the Midwest and landed in Indianapolis, Indiana, for the 2024 NFL Combine as we welcome you inside the Indiana Convention Center for the Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Gabe Henderson. I am alongside Vikings.com's Tatum Everett, and we are... Uh, just in the trenches. <laughs> I love in the trenches, yes. That's good. many would say when it comes to talking to analysts, breaking down what's going on, how the Vikings should attack free agency, the quarterback position. But before we get into uh, some of the weeds, you and I have had an opportunity to – I mean, you were on the CBS set yesterday talking to a lot of those those guys, just trying to understand what the Vikings can, should, will, whatever you want to put uh, as an adjective there for this 2024 offseason and uh, what were just some of your highlights that that really stood out to you when talking to some of those experts? I think the experts really really enjoy talking about the Vikings right now. I think several of them have the Vikings as some of the highest rated free agents that are available. You know there's 27 free agents available on the Vikings when that deadline comes up in in, a few weeks and so they have a lot of decisions to be made and I think that there are several experts who are trying to predict what should happen and what what can happen. Yeah. Um, Um, So it's been interesting to kind of hear them weigh in. Um, We had a great conversation with Pete Prisco and Daniel Jeremiah, um, just to highlight a few. It's funny because I think one thing that's really shown to me a little bit more here, even though it is the combine, I feel like the free agency talk has been way more popular for the Vikings than it is talking about these prospects. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting, and maybe maybe it's because you know they just start talking at the podium today, and yep. they go through the drills later this week. But it has felt like free agency has been more of the hot topic around here for for the Vikings, at least. Yeah, I mean, when, when you look at just uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, has been the Vikings quarterback for the the past few years. Uh, just him being the hottest player in the market, I, I believe the Vikings, at least in my opinion, and to your point of it being like the the I guess the hottest storyline around it here. Really like, what are the Vikings are going to do? Yeah. And, um, I know you've probably felt the same way, but there's been people like just pulling me off to the side. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, like, are you what are you guys, guys going to do? do? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, we, we really don't know. And if you go back to, to Kevin's press conference or Quasi's press conference, the Vikings want him back. And and it sounds like from their perspective, Kirk wants to be back in right. Minnesota and be a Viking. So I think it's I think it's just trying to see, you know, I mean, there's so many different opinions about how this can unfold and yeah. unveil itself. And it will in time. I can't wait to figure it out. But it just sounds like that's their guy, and they really want they really want to keep him. Which is is the message that they they relayed here. You know, I think they addressed a lot of the uh, the bit the big topics. Quasi talking about um, 
trading Justin Jefferson yeah. has not been on his mind. Yeah. He's the best non-quarterback in the league, and he deserves yeah. to be paid as such. Some of the comments from his yeah. presser were very uh, d- deliberate, yeah. and, and I think that they did a great job of communicating that. So, um, you know, I don't know if, if what they said has been any different than yeah. what we heard at the end of the season for yeah. the same questions. Um, now it's just seeing how it plays out in the next month, right? Yeah, I mean, when Two months? when when asked yesterday, when do fans, when should fans expect a decision on Kirk? Quasi Adolfo Yeah, when, said, Gabe, when? By the deadline. <laughs> the greatest answer I've ever heard. I'm like, dude, like, what, what better Honestly, way to... Honestly, though, props to Quasi because yeah. Mike McDaniel is standing right next to him. <laughs> and because he's short, yeah. er, short-er, and he was, like, in the microphone. Yeah. Like, his face was in the microphone. Well, and he did he, that on purpose. He enjoyed But But Quasi's taller, also yeah. soft-spoken, but he had to stand next to him yeah. and concentrate on his answers while Mike McDaniel is so loud next to him. I was like, I don't know if I could have concentrated and done that. So Quasi addressed that, and he said, he I guess Quasi and Mike are really close from their time in San Francisco. Yeah. So he was like, if there's anybody that would make my job living hell at the podium, it would be Mike McDaniels. Yeah. And, That's funny. Uh, yeah, you could barely, you could, no, seriously, you could barely hard. hear Quasi, but it's really hard. <laughs> it, it goes to the point of like I, I was just I, I took a step back when I saw all those coaches up there and oh well GM general managers at the podium I, I think four or five the interviews went on the same time as Quasi when he was going and it was like dude these are you know leaders of these organizations simply putting their philosophy behind these are the guys that we want and this is how we can we feel like we can lead this team to ultimate championship and going into year three for Quasi and Kevin together uh, I think. The, the vision will be a lot more clear this year. The first two years, we're still trying to figure out what the identity of this team will be. And uh, just from talking to Kwesi, I, I really think the adversity last year that the Vikings faced has, I guess, forced them to look internally, one, but also look from a schematic standpoint of how do we want to address certain positions if something happens to that position. So, oh, I mean, that that you nailed it on the head. Yep. The Finding the depth to, to yep. face that adversity that you know you're going to face. Yep. You know, not every season is going to be a charmed season with 13 wins, yep. and I think they felt that this year and realized that that's how they want to they build the roster. It's, it's still a competitive rebuild. Yep. They're just trying to yep. put in the pieces so that when – those adversity moments, unfortunately, too many this yeah. past year oh hit. Gosh. You just need to be ready to go. Yeah, I think the highlight for me was just how, how Quasi and Kevin values the backup quarterback now. Let's say the Vikings do address the quarterback situation in the draft early or later. Uh, I believe you want to have a guy that, or at least you want to have a guy coached up a little bit more to be able to go in and uh, win you some games. I mean, Josh Dobbs won some games. Nick Mullins won a game. So uh, it's just interesting just, just hearing just, I guess, some of their thoughts on I think how that's this what's, Vikings team will yeah, be Yeah, I think year. that's what's interesting is the, the topic that Kirk is the most coveted free agent. Yeah because of position yep. here right now. And then you compare that to one of the better quarterback drafts that have ever yeah. been. Um, you see that like side by side. And I think that's what makes this offseason so so appealing. And a, and a lot of people have said it's, it's very interesting that the Vikings are letting Kirk want to test free agency before saying, OK, this is the number we're going to give you or this is what we're going to do and you're not going to test. So I think it's a, a lot of people that Chris Sims, who I talked to yesterday from Pro Football Talk, has said you don't see many teams letting their quarterback go and talk to other teams. So the, the feeling is mutual, but I think there's a respect level between the Vikings and Kirk, which ultimately will, will be the final decision between if he's a Viking this upcoming year or not. Going to be interesting. Well, before we talk more, I guess, national network media, um, 
Demetrius Washington, he is the VP of Football Operations for the Minnesota Vikings. He uh, stopped by after uh, the formal meetings for the Vikings a couple of days ago and uh, gave us some time and a really cool conversation just hearing just the Vikings' philosophy on how they're attacking uh, the 2024 offseason. And uh, Vikings fans, I think it's a, a treat and a, a really cool perspective on what the Vikings plan on doing this upcoming offseason. So check it out. All right, we're back. This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I am sitting inside the Indiana Convention Center with the VP of Football Operations, a really good friend of the show, really good friend of, of the, the brand, our guy, Mr. Demetrius Washington. Demetrius, I know you have been in a lot of these meetings so far. You've I don't know. Like, I don't know what these nights are like for you guys. All, all I know is, you know, when when every team gets at, gets together at their favorite restaurant in the middle of the night, you guys start to stroll in at about 11 p.m., 11.30, talking about how, the, how, I wouldn't say crazy the meetings were, but how informative the meetings were. So for, for you, what are those formals like, and what has this process been like for you uh, going into year two with the Vikings? Yeah, no, uh, thanks for having me on the show too, Gabe. But um it's awesome, man. It's a great, great opportunity for us to get to know the the prospects a little bit more, uh, get to sit down, talk to them in person, learn what makes them tick, learn why they love the game of football, um, why they play the game of football, learn a lot about their background. So for us, it's like very informative in terms of just learning about the potential guys that we want to bring into the building. Will you, because it's a long process. I, a lot of people think that the free agency or offseason period begins once the season ends. For you guys, when, when does that start when you start going through your initial evaluations of, okay, this guy may come out or this guy may not come out to getting to this point? Yeah, for a free agency, uh, we have a great pro department in-house um, led by Sam DeLuca, and their process kind of starts throughout, it's throughout the season. Um, it starts ramping up for the rest of us around December, but they're putting in all the work, um, working throughout the season, looking at potential potential free agents, the upcoming class of free agents as we go throughout the season. But December is when we kind of have our first free agent type meetings. But yeah, that group is awesome and they're working throughout. Understanding that, I mean, b before we you know get more into the details, uh, a lot of people, they saw you last year for the first time. It was your first year with the Vikings. Um, you were with uh, San Francisco 49ers before you got here. And just just understanding your, your, your role now as VP of football operations. In year two, how has your role evolved to where it is right now? It's, it's, been, a, it's been a learning curve. Okay. Um, very steep or strong learning curve, I would say. Yep. But yes, we've just been learning a lot, picking up uh, new ways to do things, new things to do. Um, back in San Francisco, I was only in data okay. uh, for the most part, and now just expanding my role here has been awesome to learn, um, awesome to just pick it up. How have you seen data information grow the game of football? I feel I feel like teams are just making more informed decisions. Gotcha. Um, I would say there's there's a lot of talk about game management type situations, whether and also player evaluations, but the data is helping make more informed decisions as the game continues to progress. I mean, understanding that there, there's so many metrics that goes into drafting a player or getting somebody in free agency. When, when you're going through that process, I asked Quasi this question earlier. When, you, when you're going through the process, how do you make sure that you don't overthink it? Because like you, you guys gather so much information. So like, how, how do you not overthink the entire process when it comes to making a firm decision? No, it, it's a lot. Um, I would say personally, my background doing the analysis and stuff, I was always cautious of that. I didn't want to give out too much information. I just yep. wanted to give out the pertinent information, things yep. that we found significant um, and things that needed to be known and not things that didn't need to be known. So I would always try to whittle the information down. I think there's a famous Mark Twain quote of I would have made it shorter if I had more time. And that's <laughs> kind of how I look at my 
previous job, that's how I try to interpret the data now, is to try to not get overloaded with the information, but to make sure I get the information that is pertinent. I mean, it, it kind of is along the lines of less is more. Yes. And just just understanding that, like, how has that process for you evolved? You know, being, when you were in San Francisco, kind of fresh into it, understanding, learning from the guys, like trying to gather the most information that you can get to your point now of refining that process year in, year out for less is more. Yeah, I would say previously I was on the delivering end of that type okay. of information. Now I'm on the receiving end of that information. So actually sitting across from the table, hearing it um, yeah. from both or hearing it from that perspective, but also knowing how it gets delivered from the other perspective. I feel like it's given us uh, some sort of an advantage in terms of knowing what to use and why to use it. So, what is that process like? Like, is it? I'm, ass I'm assuming you're a little bit more empathetic when you're when you're getting the information, understanding that you've been in that position. But like, what is that? How was that decision-making process for you? How has that evolved to being the doer versus being the listener to ultimately help and make the ultimate decision? Uh, with, I would say it's it's. It, I guess I guess in the past I was I thought I was cognizant of the person receiving the message yep. but now being on the end of the other end of receiving the message I do understand how some of the methods that I use worked and some of the methods I use didn't work and I understand how that process is playing out and also understand from the person's perspective of delivering the message on how difficult it can be especially mm -hmm. to be in rooms with people who might disagree or not completely understand mm -hmm. this actual evaluation because this isn't like there, there's a select few people there's only a couple of people who's background this is and this yeah. is the only language that they talk so if you're yeah. in a room with 20 people in the nfl you might have two people speak that language and then the other 18 yeah. speak a different language so I, I am empathetic to that process and understanding how that cannot breed the most comfort comfortable environment yeah. but it's also something that we've I, th I, mean, I think we're taking in stride and doing very well with it but i do understand the other side of like if you speak in a different language than everyone else in the room how difficult that can be i think at the end of the day whether in my opinion, like if, if you're, you know, got a data background or just a, the traditional football background, numbers never lie. And when you look at the scoreboard, the team with the most points is going to win the game. So the, the fact that you guys can ultimately come to a decision that, that makes the the most informed decision for this team, I think that that shows the level of, of teamwork that kind of goes underrated when you start talking about the front office perspective versus just playing on the field. Yes. Yeah, I, w I always looked at it as um, signals. Hmm. Signals, and I feel like the data can tell us what is happening. Yeah. Um, it's our job uh, or the traditional evaluator's job to tell why it's happening or hmm. the coaches. Like, that's what that was always the partnership that I looked at data as being. Speaking of our partnership, I was talking to Quasi earlier, and uh, we're talking on KFAN, Vikings Radio Network, at, right after his press conference. That's on uh, Vikings.com right now. And a, a question that I asked him was going into year three, like when you're in those meeting rooms, because we, we, we see some of the behind the scenes videos and some of the content that we produce. And um, this understanding that Quasi is saying now that he does a lot more listening than talking. And basically, him observing and listening ultimately empowers you guys, you and Chisholm Power and other guys, to lead those meetings. So stepping into that role, what is that like having that trust, but also being able to command a room, which ultimately makes a, a, a really important step in making a final decision? Yeah, huge credit to Kwesi for uh, recognizing that and yeah. also leading the discussions, um, helping navigate those discussions. From my perspective, it's... It's been empowering, but it's also just like recognizing the um, 
the camaraderie that we have in the room. Yeah. Um, everyone's willing to listen. Everyone's open-minded. Um, it's not about being right or wrong. It's not about an individual. Mm -hmm. So even like the Ryan Grixons of the world, much much respect to him uh, coming into this role coming into this team, uh, knowing who he was and his status in the league and how he's been accepting of mm -hmm. the way that my mind works and we have great discussions and actually come to a lot of agreements that I wasn't expecting us to come to because we come from two completely different mm -hmm. backgrounds football-wise. But yes, it's everyone in that room. Ryan Money, is it's, it's, a, it's a great room to be a part of. I know you can't give, you know, and I don't want you to give away too many secrets, but we all know every team starts at quarterback. Like it's a make or break for every team every year in and year out. When you talk about your off-season priorities, where does that start with this team? Yeah, so uh, as an organization, you know, we're following Quasi and Kevin's lead. Um, so however they set the priorities, we go out there and execute it. I mean, just, just understanding that, I mean, a, a lot of those will continue to unfold as the off-season uh, takes shape. But just, just understanding th this combine period, like how do you define success when it comes to just seeing these guys in formal meetings and then just seeing them run a few routes and a few drills that don't really equal up when you simply just put on the pads. I would say success um, out of this week is leaving here with more information that helps okay. us make a more a better decision, a more informed decision. Um, so that's what we kind of look at as far as success. We're not going to pick a player solely off this week, this interview, this mm -hmm. drill or anything like that. But as long as we gather the right amount of the right information, the accurate information to be able to make informed decisions. Would, would you say that, like the combine period or like after the informal, so like early next week or like early after the combine that is a little too early to have a guy to say like that's a must have or do you leave the combine saying okay like we need to put this guy pretty high on our board just based off of what we conversed and discussed this weekend yeah i think i think uh, for the most part we either confirm or deny okay. uh some of our previous opinions okay. um and if it's a confirmation that's cool if we have more questions and we'll just go back to the fam go back to meetings go back to the evaluation mm -hmm. and just keep collecting more information about the the players but as far as leaving here next week with a a player in mind i don't know if that's i don't know how possible that is got I'd it because yeah. i mean outside looking in there the guys aren't wearing pads um they're, they're running you know certain drills that they've been trained on for you know two or three months so they they have the I mean, it, they, they have it down. They have it down packed to succeed at certain points, which ultimately translates to the field because all you got to be is all you got to do is be good for 11 seconds on average. Be good for 11 seconds, and that ultimately wins you games. But when, when you look at just certain drills, are there certain drills that that, that stand out to you that that kind of translate to what you could probably presume a person will be on the field? I would say there's a couple, but I wouldn't point to any that could overrule the film. Got you. Got you. I mean, the film never lies. Yeah, film's a film. My last question for you, um, just appreciate your time today. Um, just understanding that this is still kind of early in this whole offseason process as far as getting to the, the ultimate decision of this is the guy we we're going to select a free agency versus the draft. How do you view both of those, free agency and draft, from a big picture standpoint for this team? Well, I think I think it's um – Mostly commonly accepted that uh, the, the draft is the lifeblood of the organization. Teams try to build through the draft. I think free agency is a great place to go supplement and add parts to your team. But for me, it's about just roster construction. How do you yeah. best fill the roster that you want for now and in the future? And to me, you need to use both uh, tools that are at your disposal, free agency and draft. Well, it's a lot of tempo days coming up. Um, this, is, this is one right now of, of being at the NFL Combine. This is for, for us in the media, once the Super Bowl ends, this is for us where, where it kind of all starts after the, the Senior Bowl and 
uh, some of those, you know, other bowls and, and that, that that take place. So I appreciate your time. You got a busy offseason. I know. I appreciate you. I'm excited to see what you guys do, man. I appreciate All right. you. All right. Talk to you later, Gabe. Well, Demetrius offered us a lot there. When, when you see and hear what the Vikings are saying uh, these past couple of days, like what are some of your thoughts on how the Vikings can uh, move forward this offseason? I think that they do value the combine more or less with their interviews and getting to know the players. Yeah. I think that so much of what Kevin talks about with his motivating and leadership qualities yep. is that you know, those guys make it easy for him yep. and he appreciates the culture and that it's it's not just a cliche that they yep. I think he even said like they live it, they breathe it, they it, it is it sounds crazy, but when you live it, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Um, and so I think that they're just trying to find guys that fit into that mold and the interviews mean a lot to them yeah. being able to connect with the with the players and and people that they want to see um you know they're going to stay here obviously watch the drills the scouts will have the people they mm -hmm. want to see and talk to or whatnot but i do think the interviews are very valuable to, to what they're looking for i think it's the same thing you hit that right on the head you have those interviews and then you have vikings assistant coaches uh kenny mccardell uh, just, um, I, I believe I can't think of who it is on the defensive side of the ball right now, but they're going to be a, a position coaches at the combine. So the fact that you can put those interviews and then have your guys evaluate them on the field in real time, I think that makes for uh, ultimate uh, team decision when it comes to what guy are we going to draft. And uh, ultimately, we do know um, when drafting and selecting a guy, numbers are involved. And uh, a guy in Brad Spielberg, Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, you talked to him earlier this year about how those numbers can make sense for Nobody this Nobody crunches team. numbers right. like Spielberg. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, he's talking about salary cap. He's talking about void years. I mean, it, it was you, you guys had a really good conversation, and he was lucky enough to give us his time again uh, at the Combine. And this is, uh, again, I think another cool perspective on how the Vikings can attack the offense and defensive side of the ball from a numbers and a salary cap perspective. So Vikings fans, here it is. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. All right, we are now joined by Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, a guy that if if you've been following the Vikings, you know that Brad used to work for the Vikings as an intern in 2019, and now he's just doing phenomenal things for Pro Football Focus. But but Brad, just being here, I've seen you yesterday. I saw you yesterday just walking around, just, I guess, getting a feel of the building. But when, when I was looking at you, I was like, well, I wonder where his eyes are, what are his objectives, just walking around, getting a feel of the spot. So, like, what, what was that like for you just being here the first day and then building on just, I guess, what you saw in day one? Yeah, I think day one's always interesting for me with the new GMs and head coaches. Kind of get a vibe for who these guys are like. It's the first media availability for a lot of teams. Um, and then, of course, you know, you're trying to map out for me the free agent stuff. That's my big focus. So you're not going to get, like, you know, exactly where people are going for what number, but just get an idea of what markets look like, what teams position-wise are interested in, stuff like that. Um, you know, that's, that's that's the scuttlebutt I'm looking for when I'm, when I'm in Indy. When you, when you talk about free agency, there's – uh, the number that comes up now, 255 million, and how that affects certain teams. Like, when you look at just that that jump, is that one or two players per team? Is that like what what does that mean for for the NFL as far as building, having more money to build a roster? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think the team side they probably view it as like a five million above what they thought they were going to have, yeah. and it, it is meaningful, right? Like you said, yeah. I mean, that's two rotational pieces potentially. That is maybe a starting level guy at you know a, a non-premium position. Yeah. So. 
I think it is interesting. I think the best example, I'm not saying I didn't think they would do this without it, but like the Chiefs now tagging Legereus Sneed. Like I yeah. think after that came through and they said, you know, it's not just cap, just cash available to you. Yeah. I think it's more amenable to do stuff like that. So it, it's probably like one decision, really. It's not this huge thing, but that's those one decisions can be massive decisions. Right. right. And you, you just look at, that's a really good point. I think you tweeted that out uh, yesterday of just the Brad Spielberger uh, situation simply because Chris Jones, who's in Kansas City, he's still there the guy that they want back the most so yeah. that's that's why it's interesting to see that the number increase because like does that mean you can have more opportunities to have more bigger names in your roster what does that mean but when you look at that number you look at the vikings offseason priorities what does that mean for those guys for our, our guys for right of course of course yeah i mean look obviously there's a lot of important pieces that are hitting free agency and and you know uh daniel and dj want on the on the edge um you know both had great years last year were great fits in brian flores system um you know do you feel more comfortable now about bringing back one or both of those players um do you also want to go out maybe be a little bit more aggressive and adding and going out looking to get some a guy in the interior or some someone in the secondary so you know, again, it's not it's not this like massive benefit, but I do think it does. You know, like it, it swings maybe a decision where you didn't think you were in a market on a particular guy, because I do think at a higher level, like the top of market players, the Chris Jones of the world, are going to get more money now. Like. Daniel Hunter might get more money now. I think the lower mid-tier guys still are going to struggle to get, hey, the cap went up, so you should pay me more. Like, not really. So you can maybe add a, you know, rotational guard, like a swing guard, stuff like that. So stuff that will make an impact on the 2024 Vikings. What, what do you make of rosters being built around the, the team versus the quarterback? Uh, you look at, I just look at Pat Mahomes' uh, long-term 10-year, $500 million deal, dollar, dollar deal that opened up more opportunities for other guys to get paid in that span versus guys that just want to be the highest paid, I guess, quarterback or defensive lineman. Like, what do you what do you make of roster construction with, like, winning roster construction with the salary cap number? Yeah, I mean, the quarterback, like, when you get a 10-year deal for Patrick Mahomes or, or just a long-term deal, you just, you are able to kind of get a better picture of what you're dealing with going forward, how you can build around it, how you can spend around it when different cash flows are going to hit in certain years. And so, you know, you have a cash budget every year. Like, yep. it's, we talk a lot yep. about the cap, but, like, you know, ownership is saying you can spend X amount. And so when you can work around around when you know what the quarterback situation is going to be because it is at a high level very simple like yep. are we paying quarterback or not yep. how much are we paying him and like what can we do you know outside of that so Mahomes' deal has given so much just like ammo and flexibility to Kansas City um, but at the same time like I think we're talking about too like Minnesota where you've built out this phenomenal nucleus on offense for example to not like drop in a quarterback like yeah. every quarterback's dream in the draft would be to join a team that yeah. has you know the infrastructure in place there too so and then it's the other that's the other side of the coin is the rookie contract quarterback back you can spend way more yep. on the rest of the roster so yeah it's a huge balance and it honestly does come down to just like are we spending a lot there or not w without getting too far into the weeds what does what do you think that roster construction looks like for the vikings with kirk's contract looming you got some some big time free agents that you want to sign and then the draft upcoming with this new number yeah i think the entire time since he's been there obviously the initial signing was i think a, a very good idea go to an nfc championship game know that quarterback is the piece that probably would push you over the edge 2017 right yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, and the successive extensions, I think, made sense for both parties along the way. Clearly, it was a good relationship. It was working even across regimes and coaches. Like, it was a good fit. And obviously, you got him and his kids shirtless, you know, <laughs> banging the, the horn. And, the, you know, like, it obviously was a great fit for a lot of different reasons. But I do think they are at an inflection point now where you have to start thinking about the future. I mean, obviously, yep. like Kirk's been playing good ball, probably will continue to do so. But 
you have, you know, you're just going to start paying Justin Jefferson's, you know, a, yep. a whole lot of money, all that. And I think now is probably the time, in my eyes, too. Even, even let's say, even if you do keep Kirk, but also even bring in a young guy yeah. with a probably early draft pick and, and try to have that succession plan because um, there's a really good roster to work around with right yeah. now. And, and just understanding the offensive side of the ball, how the offense has been built and the, the upcoming contracts that, that could or could not be done just depending on how the front office sees it. And then you look on the defensive side of the ball and it's like, well, Brian Flores did what he did with this amount of cap with the Vikings defense. So when you're addressing the defensive side of the ball, like how do you factor the money in on that side when you have a guy in Brian Flores who is just going to blitz you 81% of the time? <laughs> yeah, the, my, my coordinator of the year, because what he did was, was insane. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, either drop eight or, yep. or blitz um, and, and just, yeah, and, and it was incredible. Yeah, so that is the big thing. Like he is obviously a, a first-rate defensive coordinator, probably should be a head coach again at some point in this league. And the complaints the wrong word, but I'm sure he's like, hey, I'd love you th if you threw some resources on my <laughs> side of the ball. I wouldn't hate it if yeah. you, you know, used early draft capital or spent some money, um, you know, to bring some new pieces in, or you know, again, retain some of the key guys like a Daniel Hunter. So, yeah, you do want to balance both sides of the ball. Yeah. And like we're talking about, like Christian Darrisaw, Justin Jefferson could swing that heavily in the other direction. So, do you want to add some free agents and and pay some guys now on defense before some yeah. of that money kicks in? Um, yeah, I think they need to add some more talent and, and resources to that side of the ball. It, it, and if that's the case, how do you see that being prioritized? Is that through the draft or free agency, a little bit of both? Like, where do you see that, that pendulum swinging when it comes to putting this X amount of dollars into the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, so the draft's very interesting. You know, if they decide not to go quarterback, I do think at 11, you might still get the number one defensive player on the board. Like, I really think it's possible. Um, for me, it's probably Byron Murphy of Texas, who I think would be a perfect, like, addition to Minnesota. I can't think of a better. Yeah, yeah, we're getting excited <laughs> over here. Um, yeah, like, and just immediately improve your interior, a pocket pusher that can make everything easier for the edge rushers as well. Um, so it could be that direction. And okay. obviously, there's more picks beyond the first round. Yep. Um, you know, or, yeah, like, I think when you go into free agency, for me, and I keep harping defensive line, and they could go secondary as well, but yep. I think it's a very talented defensive line free agent class, you know, relative to, to other years. Yep. That's where I would be spending my resources if I was them. And, and just, just understanding that you have so many beef eaters up front on the defensive side of the ball that could possibly come in and make plays early on, what does that mean for the, the rest of your roster? Do you try to build the rest of your roster via free agency? Understanding to your point of when you have those young rookie contracts, you have a little bit more time to spread out dollars to other guys to, I guess, somewhat win now. For sure, for sure. And, and I think a lot of the young DBs like, would benefit from you know a, a defensive front coming in that can win with four yep. or maybe do win with five. Yep. Um, and, and it would make their lives easier where they have more players in coverage on certain snaps or you know just simplify what they're doing on the back end. So like I think you saw a great play down the stretch from Makai Blackman. Like I think yeah. you're seeing a lot of growth from young pieces. Josh Metellus has taken yep. this like no one's talking enough about you know the, the steps he's taken. So but I think at the end of the day like defense is a cohesive thing where like I would say I'm trying to help my young players in the in the in the secondary by beefing up the front. Yep. Like yeah. Offense uh, the first thing that came to mind was TJ Hawkinson, his new contract. And then, I mean, it's the highest paid tight end in, in the NFL. And then you look at last year's draft class, arguably the best tight end draft class in NFL history. How, how do you see the tight end market, I guess, evolving over time with the, I guess the rise of that position. Yeah, that's the, that's the interesting thing is that like TJ's deal would still probably be like 30th wide receiver money, like, yep. right? Like, yep. which is crazy to think about, right? I mean, obviously he's getting a ton of targets. He's making guys miss in space. He is important on third down, red zone, all these you know yep. key situations. So. 
it's interesting. I still do think it's just a very tough position. Like we talk a lot about running back and other spots where it's been tough. Tight end, it's like it's a short shelf yeah. life. It's one of the hardest jobs to do in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like their market's been just as much of a challenge. So I do think you'll see that push forward with more of these hybrid type players. I know yeah. Kyle Pitts was injured last year, kind of playing through an injury last year, yeah. but a thousand yard rookie coming in. Sam Laporta obviously last year was incredible in Detroit. So I think it will continue to push forward and they'll just make the case more and more of we should mirror the receiver market more. Um, but it's, it's been a battle. So, I mean, just my last question for you, just, just speaking of markets, like is there a market or position that you think is going to make that next step of, you know, kind of resetting the market? Is there a position? I mean, you've got quarterback, you have receiver, uh, running backs, that the market just kind of fluctuates. It goes up one year, down the next. But is there a, a, a sneaky position that you think will evolve over time and reset how these numbers are starting to get distributed for the future? Yeah, it's a good question. I think we're starting to see it a little bit with the interior defenders. Like we saw it last offseason yeah. already. Hargrave, um, right? So, yeah, Javon, yep. Hargrave was a big yep. one for sure in free agency. And then all the, you know, Quinn Williams, Jeffrey yep. Simmons, all those extensions. Chris Jones, I think, will get a massive number this year. I think that the one that needs to be reset is corner, too, though. I mean, Jair Alexander is still the highest paid corner in the NFL. Um, he's probably got signed, I would say, three years ago now yep. at this point. That's not normal, right? So um, Jalen Ramsey came in and got $20 million per year at this point, like four or five offseasons yeah. ago. And we're still there. Um, you know, the Jalen Johnsons, the luxurious needs of the world is this offseason, but you had A.J. Terrell coming up in Atlanta. Like, There's a lot of young, yep. obviously Sauce is going to get a massive number, <laughs> yeah. so Derek Stingley played great in Houston. So that's one where, as the receiver numbers get bigger and bigger, which yep. they will, yep. like I think they're going to mirror and, and kind of match who they're who they're going up against. Yeah, that, that does make sense because you, you look at the edge rush market, and then after, you know, certain guys reset that, the offensive tackle market just <laughs> yep. kind of resembled. So I could see you know, it, it kind of mirroring, but that, that that makes a lot of sense. The classic agent argument is, yeah, my guy's battling with this guy who's now making <laughs> X more. Why would my guy also make it? Which is a good argument. You can't, you can't you can't argue with the argument. Yeah. What what can you say? Well, I appreciate you, Brad. This was this was phenomenal. Uh, the fact that you you know have the Minnesota tie that just makes our fans a little bit more excited just to hear your voice. So Vikings fans expect more Brad this off season and going forward. Appreciate your time today. Appreciate you, man. Well, uh, we were talking off air <laughs> to understand the numbers the way Brad does, you, you have to be really invested. Oh, yeah, I would say so. I think his law background really helps because, <laughs> you know, nobody can read like that and just sit there and absorb all that information yeah. quite like someone who enjoys it. Uh, definitely not me. No. Um, no, but but I, we were saying it's it's nice. I understand it when he says it to me. Yeah. However, I'm not going to be able to find it, the conclusion on my own. Hey, so Tatum, I, explain this and yeah, explain no. how you got to this conclusion. Yeah, no, I, uh, oh, I heard it from Brad. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I, I really appreciate his insight. It's really cool that we have someone who has so much, like, appreciation for the Vikings after yep. being in the building with yep. us. And so it's nice for him to come in and help us out with, with, with the big picture things and to see and understand what the situations the front office is in. Off topic. I do yeah. really think it's cool that we have guys. So, like, Brad worked for the Vikings. Jordan Reed, is, he grew up a Vikings fan. Like I know. There are a lot of national media that are, like, really invested into this team. I did not realize this, but we are about to post an interview with Eric Eager. Yep. He's, like, so into the in, in analytics and stuff. Yep. And when he gave me his phone number, I should have known 651, like, yep. hello. He's Minnesotan. <laughs> and so, like, he comes over. He's like, my dad's a fan. Yep. I go to games. I'm like, there are so many, like. Jer Jeremy Fowler, 612 area code. Really? It's like, hey, I used to cover the Vikings for ESPN back in the day. It's there like, we go. So, six five one, like it, it's. I think it's very unique just hearing people's perspectives and how they their ties to us. And, and you can feel like 
their Vikings fandom coming out when they're explaining from a X's and O's or a number standpoint. So I think that make that makes our content better ultimately. Oh, for sure, for sure. Because you you feel like you can have them on and they they aren't just giving you the media yep. car wash. Yep scrambled answer right yeah. like they actually know what they're talking about which is super helpful not saying that some people don't yeah. i you know but they're you know i mean i sometimes when i'm caught off guard with things it's like me i think and it makes it easier for our fans to understand um sure. just what it means for our organization and how, how the vikings can ultimately get to that ultimate goal and uh, just being here the past uh three or four days with you we, we've learned a lot we've seen a lot and i think uh, my question for you just as we close is uh, what what do you want to see um, when we get back, by the time we get back to Minnesota, when it mm. comes to, hey, the Vikings did this at the combine. Okay, we're putting on the spot there. I don't like, but I guess there's no, there's no, no wrong no. answer to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything in particular I need to see. Yeah. Um, I just, I know that a lot of my opinions on draft need yeah. will really depend on the free agency period. Right. And with that being, you know, within the next couple of yeah, weeks. Two and a half weeks from this right. report. So I... I just think we're going to understand what this front office wants to do and is going to do and yeah. just have a much clearer picture of what this team will look like in the next couple of weeks, which is crazy to say because I feel like we've been talking about it for months. Um, but this is a very pivotal time. Yep. And once I think we see what they do with the free agents and what the moves the Vikings make in that time period, then I think you'll start to see like, okay, so they'll have to get picks for here. Yep. And, and oh, you know, now let's really focus on this position. Yep. How did they do in the combine? Almost like a retroactive look, yeah. if that makes sense. No, that, that makes complete sense. And I think that's the, the, the number one like answer for Vikings fans is like, what are the Vikings going to do via free agency versus the draft? And yeah, I, think I mean, the that's, combine, what that's what half the answers you get from a lot of these experts are, well, we don't know what they're going to do with this yet, so I yeah. can't really tell you. So, yeah. agreed. We will see. We will see a long way until the draft. Um, I believe someone the other day tweeted, I can't think of what day it was, but he said we were less than 60 days away from the NFL draft. Yikes. And when you think about that, it tells you that this business continues. Right. It, it, <laughs> did you go anywhere this offseason? <laughs> did you I do mean, anything? Yeah, I've tried to. <laughs> that's how this thing works. But, uh, guys, this was a, a very fun show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we have a talented crew back in uh, the Twin Cities helping us get this show out to you guys. But Tatum and I, we've been uh, boots on the ground getting you guys content. And a, a lot of that, if not all of that, is on Vikings.com. So make sure you stay tuned to that. In the meantime, we'll talk to you next week. We'll have uh, another insider for the Minnesota Vikings, Chisholm Opara as the guest for next week. We'll record that inside the TCO studios. I'm sure he'll be happy to get back uh, to Minnesota after a long nine days here at the Combine. So for Tatum Everett, uh, Jay Nelson, who wasn't on the show today, and our producer, Eric Davidson, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys again for tuning into another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. 87% of our food comes from rural America. Farmers are incredible, agriculture is incredible, and rural is incredible. Lando Lakes is a farmer-owned cooperative and proud official sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings. Say hello to flawlessly smooth skin at Pure Lux Med Spa, the preferred med spa of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. Specializing in elite laser hair removal, body contouring, Botox, cosmetic filter, and age-defying skin care treatments such as Diamond Glow and Skin Pen for collagen induction therapy. For more information, visit MyPureLux.com backslash Vikings for exclusive offers to Vikings fans. That's www.MyPureLux.com backslash Vikings.